0: On this episode of the Auto Win Bags, we look back on how the offense and defense are historically flopping for the Raiders. Chandler Jones is officially done. Josh Jacobs' motivation has been brought into question. The Fire Brandon Staley chants have already started. I know, sad news, Raider Nation. And we love you. Subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore okay i'm in the nightmares you're listening to the autumn windbags an audio attack from the silver and black here are your windbags rj clifford and juan soto yeah it is another episode of the autumn windbags rj clifford juan soto let's have some fun today we are uh limping into week three in the nfl just dragging our asses. Just dragging more ass than an alligator. It doesn't feel like we're one in one, batting 500, and still at the top of the AFC West, by the way. Um, it doesn't quite feel that way, but it is that way. Yeah. Which leads to our question of the day. Wasting no time. Getting right to it. For you guys complaining, we, we banter too much. Question of the day. We'll have it pinned in the comment section. Let us know what you think. On a scale of one to ten. One being no panic whatsoever. Ten being pulling the fire alarm, grab the wife and kids, and go across state lines. How panicked are you about this season and where it's going to go? Scale of one to ten. Ten most panicked, one least panicked. It's an interesting one. I feel like we're going to get scores all over the place. I could be wrong. Because, we, like I said, we are one and one. The season's just getting started. We are still number one in the AFC West. Um it you know we're not sitting in a terrible place and it's super early in the season. Yeah. However, we just got our dicks kicked in by the Buffalo Bills. Chandler Jones has lost his mind. We've got our two best receivers in in and out of concussion protocol. Um uh, rookies aren't playing well. We're not coaching well, offense or defense. We're dying in the trenches. Basically the only guys playing well are like Divine Diablo and our kickers. Basically it. So, Soda, I'll start with you. One to ten. Give me your panic meter. Um, I would say I'm about a six. Gentle panic. Yeah, well, look. Casual panic.
1: The, the main thing is, is we're only two games in. So, if you only have two games and one of them was a really bad game, it's like half your season's been really bad. Yeah. So, it's not... You have to understand something. Teams can get better throughout the season. Teams mm-hmm. do often get better throughout the season. Normally, teams only get worse throughout the season mm-hmm. because of injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams normally get better. So there is that. Um, I want. I actually watched some tape today uh, while I was at work. Don't tell. The, don't tell the owner of the bit of the of, of my my work that I was. I'll doing edit that. this part out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, a lot of the issues that we're going to talk about offensively and defensively, they're not that big of fixes. They're, they're just a little tweaks to what we're doing, uh, either just personnel wise, player wise, or scheme wise. So um, I, I, there's a little bit of panic because, again, before the season started, and you asked, what's the scenario where you can see Josh McDaniels getting fired? mid-season right mm-hmm. and i said losing is one thing losing is losing okay whatever getting embarrassed that's something different yeah. and last sunday we got embarrassed and if that happens a couple more times eh, i think it might be the seat might be getting really hot because um you just there's no excuse for that there's no excuse for what, how we showed up on sunday so that's why i'm like okay we did only lose one game but the one game we lost, we, we, we got our shit pushed into the back of our teeth. So uh, not good.
0: That's getting your shit pushed in really far. If it's that's going all okay. the way up to your teeth. Super I mean, that's deep. like, that's a 30-inch dung. So it's funny. Like, I always, my happiness is improportionately tied to how my football scenario is. During football season, like I have a I have a wife that I love. I have a kid that's amazing. I you know I I enjoy my job. I have a great big family. I have you know mediocre friends. You being one of them, but my happiness from September to January is just tied to football. And I really like what happens on Sundays. (laughs) Well, no, not even not even just Sundays. Like we both you know we both really like college football. Like Raiders are our number one period. But we like our college football. You know, see that my UCLA Bruins are three and zero. Your USC Trojans, they're 3-0, right? Trojans, 3-0. Three. Three uh, I also am partly a BYU family. They're 3-0. and o. My two fantasy football teams are both 2-0. and o. My NFL team is just 1-1. One one. I've literally, with two college football teams, two fantasy football teams, and one NFL team, only lost one game, and I still feel like shit because I'm in panic mode. With how bad we played against the Bills, the direction we're going, we beat the Broncos, but I think that's more just we just own the Broncos and they suck as opposed to like, oh, we played so well, we should be proud of ourselves. I, look, again, all that matters at the end of the season if we're you know fighting for a playoff spot or whatever is that we got the W. But when we're looking forward and judging the panic meter, I am in panic mode. It feels... I don't have... like We'll go through the metrics shortly. It feels feels like things are starting to come off the rails. It has that feeling. And I wish I had a much more intellectual and like fact-driven way to explain why I feel that way. I don't. It just feels like things are coming off the rails. I mean, I think it feels
1: that way because it's really fresh and that Mm -hmm. was a bad loss. Yeah. It was a bad loss. Like we were, after the first couple of minutes of that game, we weren't really in it. Even even if the score was tight because, you know, Buffalo had the ball for a long time, they, they pretty much did whatever they wanted.
0: We we couldn't do anything to stop them. It's, it's like that line. If I've learned anything from watching the first two-thirds of the MC Hammer documentary, it's Uh-oh. that the money never runs out. It's like if I learned anything from watching just the first offensive drive and the first defensive drive... We got this, and then it was just trash from then on out.
1: It's, it was just rough business.
0: Yeah. So, look. Well, actually,
1: you know what? Let's, let's get into it.
0: Okay. Question of the day. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being super panicked, pull the fire alarm. One being we got this shit. We're going to the Super Bowl. On a scale of 1 to 10, how panicked are you about this season? Down in the comments section, pinned. Uh, so, let's do a quick overview. We're two games in. Uh, against two very different teams, both on the road, one at elevation, one at the other side of the country, so not optimal situations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the defense, and then we'll move on to the offense, because the defense has been mm-hmm. bad for about twenty years, and it hasn't really got. So I'll, I'm going to throw some stat, some very depressing stats at you, Soto. Oh boy! Let's go through. The Raiders and the Browns are the only two teams in the NFL without a forced fumble, fumble recovery, or interception. We haven't knocked a ball out. We haven't picked a ball up. We haven't snatched a ball out of the air in two games. And one of those guys we played, Josh Allen, had four turnovers the game before. (laughs) Three picks and a fumble. And what do we say going in? This is the Raiders' chance to prove that we can get that ball. We can get those turnovers. Something we've been craving. This is something... like. This is our chance. Josh Allen's been is just begging to turn the ball over. Still couldn't do it. We cannot get takeaway, Soto, to save our lives.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of things were done. Just very, very poor for uh, foresight, mm. and um, we didn't put Josh Allen in the situation to to uh, make turnovers. We just made everything too easy for him. Yeah, uh, I think the the style of defense that we're playing just isn't good enough. Be, we can play the way we're playing now in the back half of the defense if we were getting pressure, but uh, it seems like that the the, uh, the NFL is kind of you know read the read the book on on Max Crosby and how to kind of stop him most of the time, uh, oh, and 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 no one else you know, holding him, yeah and no one, they're basically triple teaming him uh they're chipping him and he's and he's got of the back to that side and then you know whatever uh whatever tackles on him it's just it's not smart and we're not quick enough to, to to adjust and um it's we're giving up over 80% completion rate in the first two games it's like 81 like .3 or something like that yeah. we're just we're making it way too easy when, when, when someone like josh allen when you face someone like josh allen you need to force him into into tight throws you can't let him get a rhythm throwing the ball over the middle dumping the ball down because everything is covered deep and but there's wide open guys over the middle he's going to take that especially coming off of that of, of a game where he turned the ball over so much it was probably preached to him hey look this is the way they played in the first game against Denver. They played everything in a shell over the top. Everything was open over the middle. If you can do that, you're going to open up some stuff down the seam, which a couple things did open up. But we're just way too laxed right now. Our our defensive line is not getting any pressure. That's why a four-turnover Josh Allen turned into an 80 plus percent completion percentage Josh Allen against us. Offensive
0: player of the week. Yeah. Josh Allen on the Raiders. Well, it, we, we, just
1: gave him, we gave him all the time in the world to do what he wanted to do, and he always had an open target because we were just leaving the guys over the middle open, and he was taking it.
0: So you think, all right, well, we're not stopping the pass that well. Well, maybe we're stopping the rush. Buffalo finished with 183 rushing yards. James Cook had a career best. He had the best game of his career against the Raiders, 123 yards. And the yeah. most by a Bills, this is how bad the Bills running attack is. That's the most a Bills running back has had in six years. Since 2017. That's the, it took six years for the Bills to be able to run as much as they did against the Raiders. Our, defense, our defensive tackles are so bad. Just getting bitch slapped.
1: Our, our defensive tackles are getting rooted off the line. So even when they get double teamed. I'm not convinced
0: we have defensive tackles.
1: I don't they're, think they're real. They're, they're they, they are
0: playing so poorly. They're like Tupac. They're just a hologram. They don't exist. I'm not convinced they exist. Give yeah. me any proof that the Raiders it's, actually have defensive tackles. Our defensive tackles, uh,
1: even when the blocking scheme calls for a double team, they're just annihilated so quickly. The, the, the One of the offensive linemen just scrapes up to the second level and picks off a linebacker. Mm. It, it's, it's, it happens over and over again where, uh, I mean – Byron Young, dude, he is fucking terrible. He's playing terrible right now. Yep. He's getting pushed around. He's he has no root. He has no base. He just gets thrown around. He's he's just it's it, they're 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 so I can't impress enough on on you guys how bad our defensive tackles are. That's a huge problem uh, because Max is getting you know having to chase everything down from behind. We saw a video of uh, of uh, Tyree Wilson chasing something down from behind because the they're just running up the middle on us. They're just mm-hmm. just gutting us up the middle because our defensive tackles are absolutely terrible.
0: So if uh, teams can pass on us at will and run on us at will, they're probably going to score a lot. We've given up 54 points in two games. That's the seventh most in the NFL.
1: Again, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a,
0: a, a uh,
1: it's a little too early in the season to be talking like that because one bad game like really skews a
0: bunch of things. It's, we, we it's did- weird because we, we held we held Broncos or we held Denver to sixteen, which is awesome, right? But it was a weird week one where like the Cowboys scored forty, and then everyone else is in like the low twenties. It was a weird so so even so it's the it's skewed even like the other way. Because it was a really low scoring week one, which, and again, when it's only two weeks, you know, obviously one week can make a big difference. Um, Well, if you think the defense is depressing and you think, well, you know, the Raiders, we knew that we have to lean on the offense, the defense, you know, it takes a while to turn it around. Offense is even worse. I didn't think I'd be saying that at all this season. The offense has scored 27 points in two games. That's last in the league. 27 points. 501 yards of total offense. That's third worst in the league. Third fewish rushing yards in the NFL. And we're averaging 2.6 yards per carry. That's second worst in the league behind the Texans. And that's with the NFL's rushing leader in our backfield. Fresh, healthy, and playing. This is the very first time. And then Josh Jacobs had negative yardage. Um, against the Bills. Literally negative yards. Nine rushes for negative yards. That's the first time since the NFL's merger. It's in the 60s. that the league's defending rushing champion finished a game with negative yardage. Literally never happened in over 60 years. That's how bad it was. That's how bad the rushing attack and offense is for the Raiders.
1: There's a lot of things. With with a little perspective, there's a lot of things going into uh, what's going wrong with our offense and we'll start with the rushing attack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Last season, and I, I, I gave this stat uh, when we were talking about how important is Josh Jacobs to our running attack. He faced one of the least percentage-wise amount of um, loaded boxes, so seven plus. Yeah. He in last season
0: he 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 it was primo box. Is what you're yeah. trying to say? He's yeah. facing primo box. Yeah, he he, he movies that from. Yeah, But us know in the he, he, was, he told me he was
1: primo box. He's primo box. He faced like the one of the least in the league. I think it was like fourth least in the league, percentage-wise, yeah. of loaded boxes. So you are afraid was of a deep threat. With consistently, yeah. yeah. He was running consistently against light boxes. So that's one thing. Another thing that's messing us up running-wise is, uh, and I said, it, I said it in the postgame show, I think Van Roten is a worse run blocker than Bars was a pass blocker. He's getting on the first play of the game. Ed Oliver pushed Van Roten four yards back into mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs as he took a handoff. And that happened consistently the entire game. And it's not just him. Andre James is getting freaking beat up. Parham is getting beat up in that game. We just got just our shit kicked in. The, the interior three uh, offensive linemen are not playing well at all.
0: In, in fairness to, to Miller and Illuminor, they're both playing really well. Illuminor has yet, has yet to give up a pressure.
1: Oh, it's okay. all the interior. It's all it's interior. Not, interior offensive line, interior defensive line are playing like dog shit. Yep. They are the reasons why we're getting run up against and the reason why we can't run the ball is the interior offense and interior defensive line. Now, what do you do? What do you do if you can't run the ball because the, the, the opposing – uh, defenses are loading the boxes against you. Steroids. Yes. You you throw the ball more. You throw the ball deep. Also, you use misdirection, but misdirection only works if your other shit is working too. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your regular stuff isn't working, they're not going to fall for the misdirection. Okay? And I think that was one of the things that was a, a big point of contention on Twitter, or X, whatever the fuck you want to call it, call it Twitter, is... Well, you know, uh, uh, Andy Reid, they do misdirection all, all game. All, well, yeah, because their regular shit's working too, so they can use misdirection throughout the entire game. Yeah. Well, look, what we have to do offensively, what we're not doing is, number one, Josh McDaniels needs to do a better job of coaching. He is too predictable with his personnel groupings, with his play calling uh, down in distance, and with his formations, he's a very predictable. You can, I mean, you and I can tell when he's gonna run the ball. Mm-hmm. So it, that's one thing he can change. He can help out a little bit is, you know, spread the ball out a little bit, get people out of boxes, give Garoppolo an opportunity to change out of, if we have the personnel to throw the ball and to hurt them deep, you can do that if they're still crowding the box and they're still like, well, this guy's bluffing, he's not gonna throw the ball, right? Yeah. So there's that, you can do that. Uh, Uh, There's three things right now you can switch up personnel groupings and run the ball still you can switch up formations and also down and distance you can you know run on different downs and and distances and just first down second down run the ball right uh there's that throwing the ball wise we have to be able to attack and this is on this on jimmy garoppolo because when i watched the tape we had the middle of the field open
0: yeah they're in single
1: high safety the whole time They
0: got eight guys in the box
1: so in between the seams, now Jimmy Garopple did a good job of throwing the ball outside week one. He had so many opportunities to throw the ball in between the seams in week two, and he didn't do it. So he needs to do a better job of identifying the targets that are further down the field. Um, and he's just not doing it. And I don't know, I don't know how long Joshua Downs can let this go because there was some really egregious misses by Jimmy Garoppolo when he threw to covered players when the middle of the field was wide open with either Hunter Renfro was open, Trey Tucker had one,
0: and the tight ends were open over the middle. And wide. he's throwing from a Clorox clean pocket. That's the, that's what's killing me the most is like, oh, okay. He, he, just don't have, he needs to look if he just doesn't wall. have time and has to check it down. Josh McDaniels wants mistake-free football. You got to do it. But when fucking guys are open and you've got three and a half, four and a half seconds to throw, that becomes the problem. And I think, I think the very first thing you said, what I think was the major factor, there's obviously multiple factors for an offense that, that, that's this bad with this many pro bowlers on it. Something There's many things wrong when you have three pro bowlers on this offense. Um, but the biggest one is when there's no deep threat, everything contracts. That box gets loaded up. Those dump offs are harder to do. It's just it, 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 those under routes are covered because linebackers are in further. Like it's just everything. Like like last year, like we can argue all day long how good of a deep ball Derek Carr has. No one can argue he wasn't willing to throw it. Deep. He was throwing it. Yeah, he was willing to throw it deep. And when you have Devonte Adams and a quarterback willing to, to sling it, you have to respect that. You have to respect that, which is why they were in. We were, we were facing two deep safeties all last season. And that's where we're facing all single, you know, one safety sets this whole season because no one respects the the deep game. And why would they? Even when guys do get open, Jimmy G's not pulling the trigger. So look, you don't
1: have to throw the ball 20 plus yards down the field to attack a defense deep. Mm. Um, Hunter Renfro was open 15 yards within 20. 20 yards of the line of scrimmage over the middle with no one around him several times. Um, Michael Mayer was open. Jesus, at least three times that I saw, Mm -hmm. um, we did that one deep shot to Tucker, uh, and we just abandoned it.
0: Um, we abandoned it until garbage time when we threw to Devonte Adams in triple coverage and he got concussed.
1: Yeah, and he got fucking
0: well, that wasn't
1: you know, that's that's a cheap shot by the freaking safety, but still he shouldn't have been in the game. That's a terrible decision to keep him in the game. But look, so the reason why I'm not super like panicked right now is because the opportunities are still there. The offense is still working as far as it's still giving players the opportunity to get open and to make plays. It's up to the quarterback it's 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 no difference from what we were seeing last year when I was like, dude, look at this play, look at this play, look at this play, and these players were open. I honestly think that Jimmy Garoppolo has not used to playing with a receiver like Devontae Adams, and he's staring him down a lot. Yeah. And um, he needs to get used to the fact that you need to, as you're making your drop back, you need to peek around because you know where your number one target is. You need to peek around and see what else is going on. But, man, it's... He's not going through his progressions very well. And uh, it's it's a, it's a stark difference, and I understand it was in preseason, but it's a stark difference between how Jimmy Garoppolo was playing the position of quarterback and how Farva was playing the position of quarterback in the preseason. It was one, two, three, back foot, boom, let it rip. He was going through his progressions as he was going through his drop back. So he knew my, my shit's open right here because I'm looking at everything else because I know right here is going to be my play. If something else breaks down over here, that's a better play. I'm going to go there, right? He's not doing that, he's not processing it fast enough. Um, and he's going to hear some fucking footsteps, man. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to hear some footsteps if he doesn't get better. Because as much as I, as much as, much as I'm I, he's I'm only used down. to high heels, yeah, on right,
0: hardwood floors, <laughs> cleats on, on grass. This is weird,
1: or, or, or whatever the, those stages are made out of in the strip clubs, right? Uh, as bad as I'm coming down on Josh McDaniels for being very poor in his adjustment, second half in, in his like way, his personnel is his, his down distance and his, his formations and play calling as bad as I'm coming down on the, on him in, in the, in the running game, in the passing game, people are still open. Jimmy Garoppolo is not finding them.
0: Mm. When you do an offense, that's, we're going to play mistake free. We're going to move the ball. We're not going to turn it over. Um, and you eliminate the ability of opening things up, chance at a home run. You have to be perfect. Like you're, like you're up. You know, you think of like the greatest show on turf, right? They threw so many picks, but they didn't care because they were throwing for five hundred yards, a, you know, four hundred yards a game, right? Things like that. When you're doing, had fucking three, four fucking hall of famers on offense, and then Orlando well, pays five. Okay, and who was making the and, and why were they oh, Hall of both Famers? Both
1: receivers, the running back, the quarterback, and the left tackle.
0: Yeah, five freaking Hall of Famers. And why were all those, well, why were they all Hall of Famers? Because they're all part of that offense, right? Again, I'm not saying <laughs> that's our offense. My, 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 my point is, when you're playing, mis- like, all right, we're going to play mistake-free football and matriculate down the field, you got to get the ball out to your playmakers and let them do stuff in space, and that's just not, and it's just not happening. Like, that's, when that is the only home run shot you have, right? You don't have a lightning type of you don't have a barry sanders type running back that's like you at any point he can break for 60. you're not throwing the ball deep to keep the defense honest you're not you're not playing like that you gotta have to be like all right slant perfectly to hunter renfro and let him wiggle fade perfectly davante adams he can beat this one guy he's gone like you gotta be able to hit those and when it's just like wait 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 all right i'm gonna dump it off you're not gonna get those options
1: well that's what i'm saying is is the opportunities are there? throwing it to an open receiver over the middle is not a mistake. You have to take, you have to take those opportunities when they present themselves. So I understand the the concept of mistake free football, but it's not mistake free when you're missing open targets. That's the mistake. Mm -hmm. Just because you're playing conservative doesn't mean it's
0: not a mistake. Oh, that's my my point is that like, you can't be like, all right, we're going to hit one of these, you know, these three downs we have, we're going to hit one because we're going to get 15 on it. It's like, no, we're going to hit a five and then a four and then a seven. And hopefully we'll hit like a, a slant and stride and pick up an easy 14. Like you got to be throwing 80% accuracy in this type of offense. And he's, he's not.
1: For well, it's not reasons. just, it's not just the percentage of, of completion. It's the making the right read, making the right play. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you you can be dumping the ball off and have a Crazy completion percentage, but if you're missing guys open over the middle, the offense is not running properly mm-hmm. because the offense is they're getting open because of the play call combinations and the and and the route combinations and and all. they're getting open because of that. So th- that's how the offense should run, and, and so it's 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 more than just completing the passes that you're throwing. It's making sure that you're going to the right target with your passes, and that's yeah. the biggest problem with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. He's not going to the right targets.
0: Well, and you're saying like, well, why were the greatest show on turf? Look, well, because all these the Hall of Famers. It's like Devonte Adams is on his way to the Hall of Fame. you be the Hall Hunter Renfro way. for how he started. There's a chance, right, with how he started. He still got ten years of playing with him. That may be still there. Josh I think, Jacobs could be very good. I don't
1: think jo- he's a Hall of Famer, but he, I think he can be. Good.
0: It's, it's, it's. I mean, it's too early to tell. But he, but there is a. He is on a pace where it's possible. Fifth, fifth Josh year? Jacobs is on pace to be a Hall of Famer. Like these are all guys with. Potential holiday numbers.
1: I'm not going to argue that. I think they're very good. I think we can both agree that they're all very good players when utilized properly. Uh, and it's—I didn't think that Hunter Renfro had that many chances against Denver. He had a lot of chances against Buffalo, yeah. and uh, that ca- that catch that he that he had in the fourth quarter, he could have had five just like that, just as easy too, mm-hmm. or if not easier. Um hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo gets a little bit more comfortable with the other receivers, not just not named Devonte Adams., uh, I know that it was maybe a little bit easier for him when he had another guy he was really comfortable with, Jacoby Myers, uh, who is, I mean, I thought he I thought he was better than I think you and Rory thought he was. Mm-hmm. I think I had a higher opinion of him than you guys did. I think he's even better than the opinion I had of him, mm-hmm. uh, watching
0: him in that first game. Uh, well, he's a soldier. So, he, you know, Jimmy G, he, he knows Jimmy G well, and he does exactly what he's supposed to do in that offense, scoring to Josh McDaniels. He's, he's an
1: excellent route runner. He was runner. Brought,
0: in for that, brought in for that reason. He's, he's quick,
1: he's fast, he's got great hands. Uh, he's a lot better than I thought he was, and I thought he was pretty damn good. So, getting him back should be a plus. So, we just need to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo is making the proper read, not just throwing the ball to make sure it's not incomplete.
0: So, the rookie team this year, we're not used to having a rookie team under this regime because the last one we didn't have a first or second round pick. So, it was kind of, you know, we're kind of just judging what we got. Now, we got a full complement of rookies. And so- We've all kind of been saying, I don't think any, I mean, you were, you were pretty high on some of the middle draft picks. Um, I don't think, I think, they were, I think we thought the ceiling could be pretty high. But we're also very much warning that, look, Michael Mayer isn't this insane athlete. He needs, he's going to need the smarts to develop, right? He's not, you know, super dynamic. Tyree Wilson spent all off season getting healthy, had no preseason. He's going to need some time. I don't know if we expected this. It's one thing to be patient. It's the one thing to be developing. But in all four categories, the Raiders rookies are the worst through the two weeks at their state of position compared to other rookies. Michael Mayer, six out of six at tight end amongst, amongst just rookies. Byron Young, no big shocker there. Nine out of nine. Ah, Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest. I liked him a lot. Jalen Carter, we should have described. We should have described. Carter. Look, man, I say it all the
1: time. Every time I hear, every time I, I see it on, on Twitter or someone tells me about it, I personally would have drafted Jalen Carter. Yeah. That's what I was saying during the draft party and everything I was doing. I said, Jalen Carter is the pick. But I understood why they didn't
0: pick him. Because there'd be heat for 48 hours and then no one would talk about it again. Not necessarily 48 hours. 100%. No, no, that's not true. You can't say that. I can. No, you can't. Defensive end. Another guy we could have picked up. Tyree Wilson. Number 12 out of 12. And it is a steep drop on his grade compared to the rest of them. And then why not round it out? Ja'Cory Bennett, 10th out of 10.
1: At corner. Boy, those Maryland uh, DBs are looking bad. Deontay Banks was his teammate.
0: All four of our rookies that are getting significant time are last at their position by rookie standards. Now, we've been saying patience, especially with our top two picks. How much patience should they get? Because there's one thing for patience with Tyree where it's like, okay, you know, he's just kind of average out there, still getting his footing last amongst all other rookies. When you're playing opposite max crosby
1: it's it's really bad and it's we were talking about this earlier today and I, I kind of used my 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 little uh i don't know what the fuck you'd call it peckerwood yeah that yeah uh, it's like if, if, if any are if any Laker fans, any basketball fans out there, there was a guy in like the early 2000s. His name was Mark Madsen. Hell of a dancer. He, he play, yeah. He <laughs> played a, a, a nice role on those Lakers championship
0: teams. Think Ofi White guy. Yeah. All hustle, he, all effort. He played
1: defense. He's like a Kurt Rambis. He played defense. Mormon dude.
0: So, you know, he slept well, yeah. at night and didn't drink.
1: Yeah, got good rebounds, played good defense, hit the open shot when he had it. Great ball control. Those moments. Yeah, right. But this guy, he went when he left the Lakers, he was the 12th man on whatever team he was on. He couldn't get the get on the court. Yeah. Because he was playing he played a specific role with excellent players all around him, right? When the rest of the team is playing so bad, it's really hard for a rookie just kind of figuring it out. To really shine, uh, because they have to, you know, do a lot more sometimes to kind of make up for what's going on around them. It's not an excuse. There's, they need to get better, and they're playing really poorly. I'm not going to say just yet that they whiffed on all these picks, because I
0: mean, if you get fifty percent of your picks right in a draft, that's that's pretty good. I mean, look, it's it's two games in. But Again, we, yeah. we can only we can only judge what we got, right? Like, look, we got excited about Aiden O'Connell because of eight preseason quarters. If we can get excited about eight preseason quarters for a backup quarterback in their preseason, we can start making some evaluations of our rookie class. Not final grades, but certainly some out, uh, some early evaluations. And I think, I think it can be a, a very good point that if you're on a bad defense to begin with, rookies aren't generally going to thrive. Um, but that doesn't excuse last. For all these guys at, at their position, that's that's something that needs to be worked on. The one, I'm not, hap- the one I'm not surprised with
1: at all is Byron Young. Mm. I watched him on tape against the Bills, and he was routinely getting getting pushed out of the shot. He was getting driven so far, he was out of the shot. It, it was it, routinely he was getting pushed out beyond like the defensive end.
0: CBS needs to have their own camera on him, just to be able to keep him. It's bad. He has his own 22, all 22. It's all 21, plus Byron Young. And and, you and, and Tyree Wilson, all Tyree Wilson
1: does is bull rush, and that's it. And reach, and miss. He just bull rushes and just sits there. Doesn't hand fight, doesn't try to rip through, doesn't try to do swim, a spin move, doesn't try to do a, a, a swim over, nothing. He doesn't try to do anything. He just sits there hand fighting. It's, it's... I mean... We've all seen a spin move. Even if it's a bad one, at least try something.
0: At least give me like a face mask penalty. You know what I mean? Like push a face mask. You know what I mean? Give me like, give me some, give me an effort of some kind. Cause he just looks like, he looks like a robot, which is weird. He's because like, running,
1: he's running directly into the tackle head on. He's running traps. straight into him and he just grabbing onto him and then just fighting. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing. Khalil Mackhead is awesome. If He used to do a lot. Is he used to get off the line, and when he's getting close to the tackle, he would go sideways and he would stick his hand right in their chest. Mm-hmm. And he was so strong, he was able to keep him off him where he would get around. Look how how long are Tyree Wilson's arms? If he gets in there one good time and gets right in the chest really quick, he he can he can get around him. But he's just not doing anything in his pass rush. He's just running directly into the offensive tackle, and they're just sitting there grabbing
0: each other. It's terrible. It's bad. It's like a high school girl learning to drive. Just white knuckling the steering wheel and going under it. Oh my God.
1: There was this, yeah. I'm not going to say her name. Say it. It rhymes with Schmessemini Schmiller. And she was in oh, my driver's ed class. And she was the worst driver I've ever seen in my life. Did she, like, like, she, we, we,
0: she run start, over a homeless guy or something? What'd she do?
1: She would start like, we were, okay, it's time to time to start the car. Okay, start the car. And then like, okay, now I push on the gas. And she would immediately run into the curb. Mm-hmm. And we're like, how do you do that? Like the, the, the wheel wasn't even turned that way <laughs> when you started the car. The wheels were going straight. All you had
0: to do was just like let go of the brake and you would go straight. She hit the gas and it automatically hit the curb. And even this chick would look at Tyree Wilson's pass rush and be like, dude, just do a move. Like she's like, come on. Come on. Even I can tell. Yeah, even she's better than Tyree Wilson doing that. And in, uh, in happier news. No, it's, I take that back. It's not happier news. This is bad news. Um, Brandon Staley, coach of the Chargers, he's about to get fired. Start, start the countdown. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. So the Chargers, we remember how their season ended last, last year, right? Up yeah. four touchdowns. Still lost to the Jaguars. Well, 24 points. Three, 24 three in the field This year, 0-2, they were up in the fourth quarter. Both games. Still managed to lose. Justin Herbert has been throwing for like a billion yards. And they still managed to lose. Now, 0-2 is a magical number. to 0-3 are two magical numbers. Oh, yeah. And this is from, uh, this is a stat that's been going around, but I want to make sure I credit Bill Barnwell for it from ESPN because he's the one that brought it up in this context. Since 2002, 21 years, roughly 1 in 10 teams that starts 0-2 make it to the postseason, which I think is kind of a high number. Only, you know, roughly 10%, 1 in 10. You start 0-2, your chances of making it to the playoffs drop to about 10%. When the Bengals did it last season, they were the first team to do it since 2018. Yeah, it's been a few years. It's been a while. Right? I think, was it Houston? Uh, well, Houston. I'm glad you brought up Houston. Because when you drop to 0-3... Oh, they were 0-3 in 18. When you drop to 0-3, things get hella hyphy. Desperate becomes hopeless. Since 2002, 99 teams have started 0-3. And just one team... The aforementioned 2018 Texans have made it to the playoffs. One in 99. Now, the NFL is now a 14 team bracket, which means that the 2013 Steelers would have made it, but you get the point. It's almost impossible. It rarely never happens. Starting 0 and 2 is digging yourself into a hole. Starting 0 and 3 is your 10 feet under quicksand The Chargers are 0 and 2. And to make things even more sexy, do you know who they're playing on Sunday off the top of your head? The Minnesota Vikings.
1: The
0: two Minnesota Vikings. This is essentially like talking
1: about throwing for a million yards and still losing. Kirk right? Cousins. Kirk,
0: Cousins. this is a loser leaves town match on like Sunday, right? A legit loser leaves town match. If you this don't, like win, a hair versus
1: hair match, someone's getting peeled off.
0: You're not, and you don't. You don't win anything. All you do is survive. But if you lose. Your it's season's done. over. Your season's over if you lose this Sunday, Vikings and Chargers. Now, we've been talking about it all the time. The Chargers team is loaded with Pro Bowlers. I think it's a top five talent roster. You've got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You've got one of the best undrafted running backs in the history of the NFL. You've got Pro Bowl wide receivers. You've got Pro Bowlers at every level of the defense. Playmakers all over the place. And yet Brandon Staley, the defensive guru, the defensive mastermind. Thank you, CBS, for letting me steal this graphic. Points per game allowed, 31.5, 30th. Total yards per game allowed, 438, dead last. Third down percentage, 45.5, almost 50%. That's 24th. This Chargers defense, despite being loaded to the tits, is arguably worse than the Raiders.
1: They're playing worse than we are.
0: They're certainly playing worse, despite being overly jacked with talent and having a defensive mastermind, Brandon Staley as their head coach. This is the most underperforming roster this season and last season. And they're not, and they're losing in the most. Damn it, the coach screwed up most ways. Losing late and losing comeback, right? It's,
1: it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, if the Chargers lose again, they're the Chargers and they're going to suck and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know that Brandon Staley survives if he loses again. I think it's 0-3 and he's done. Because look, if you're the Chargers, you're thinking to yourself, we're not going to be able to win with this guy. So, might as well get him out of here as fast as we can, because we still have fourteen games left to turn it around.
0: That's why I said at the start of this segment: it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Even if they lose on Sunday, and then we no, and then we fuck them up to make them zero and four. Oh, thick st- ticket. Staley, uh, is that is that first Charger? That's at home. That's in LA, right? That's the that first Charger yeah. games in LA, right? They, the bus it just leaves matter, him there. The whole thing anyway, yeah, right. Well, I was gonna say, like, I was gonna say, like, oh, they leave him on the tarmac and at McLaren, Air, uh, McKenna uh, Airport, but they're gonna be there. Yeah, you you a stroke there it, it, is, it is like I almost said, um, uh, Kellen Air Force Base, because I just rewatched Independence Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Where's it going with this? It's like, all right, they're gonna like, yeah. It's just a matter of do they leave him on the tarmac or do they leave him in the parking lot, right? Because he's not, he's not. One of right the two, down, right? Now, what have we been talking about with Brandon Staley forever? He's been a media darling, and that's I, and that's what I love. And, and so look, we're we're talking about him getting fired, and normally, as Raider fans, we're going to be cheering a Charger franchise that's you know falling apart in the season, firing their coach. The best thing that can be for Raider fans is for Brandon Staley to be coach as long as possible. But I'm a realist; he's not going to be.
1: Yeah, he's not going to be. He's not long for that job, man. It's if it wasn't bad enough that it took him this long to make the playoffs with the roster that he has, if it wasn't bad enough that the the playoff performance that they had in the second half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then to start the season off as bad as they're playing now, it's just too much. It's just, there's, there's got to become a point in time where as an owner or a GM, you're just gonna be like, all right, dude, even when you freaking do things right, you still fuck it up. So it's just let's just pull the plug. If it were me and I would I would fire him as soon as possible into the season, because at least you have some time to figure out if you can, you know, pull lightning
0: out of your ass and 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 make and charge her lightning bolt out of your ass. Exactly. Uh so you've heard me say for I think about as long as we've had this show, as long as the autumn winbacks have been around and we're in episode what? One ninety three. What have I said has been Brandon Staley's lifeline? He's a media darling. You love him. Not anymore, man. Not anymore. But for the longest time, the media loved him, and I was like, "Great, that's going to be the one thing." The loss it turned everyone against him. That's one keeps. That's what's going to keep everyone kind of like keeping him around. Is you're not going to hear the media calling for him to be to be out of there, right? And it's new media, right? he there was they were in San Diego. Now and then, now they're in LA, where no one cares about them. Not you know, there's still an NFL team in a major market, so they're getting coverage. But it's different. It's different when you've been a beat writer in Philly for 30 years and you have a bone to pick with the coach. Like it's very different. Like he's been handled with kid gloves. One because of the market situation that he's in. Two because he's a media darling. He says all the, all the things the media wants to hear. When John Gruden got canned, he was right there to, like, clutch his pearls. There's no place for this in National Football League. I am appalled and appalled. And blah, blah, blah. He's one of those guys, right, that'll just give you the, that, that holier-than-thou soundbite that the media loves. And two, he's a big, like, metrics guy, which the media loves as well. So he was going to get all this, all this benefit of the doubt from, from the media. After this game on Sunday... It's over. This was his last question and answer on his post game presser. I know, so do you haven't seen it yet? So I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Buckle up. He was asked a very fair question: that Do you think the hangover from how you know soul crushing that Jacksonville loss was in the playoffs last year carried over at all into this year? Because we're seeing kind of a repeat: it's back to back blown fourth quarter leads, and one of the most talented teams in football can't buy a win. I thought it was a very fair question. Brandon Staley did not. I'm, not. I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. The Jacksonville loss hasn't carried on to the season whatsoever. If you've seen our training camp or you've seen the way we've played in the first two games, it hasn't had an impact on our team whatsoever. Our team is connected. Our team has played its heart out in two games, and we've lost two tough games. But there's, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And if you ask anyone in our locker room, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And that's just the truth. It's a convenient storyline for you and for everybody else. But it's not the truth. We've lost two tough games, but the guys in that locker room, the men in that locker room, they are finishers, and they have what it takes, and we're excited to prove ourselves. Yeah, we just lost a game in overtime, Jeff. So how do you think the mood is? How do you think the mood is? How do you think the mood is, Jeff? What do you think the mood is, Jeff? Jeff, you fucking jerk. What a dickhead, asking a very, like, pertinent question. In a lot of ways, that was kind of a lifeline. It's like, all right, like, do you think that you know maybe you guys just haven't recovered from that, you know, soul crushing loss last season? No, Jeff, it's because I suck as a head coach. That's why we're 0-2. Like that would have been the best answer. Like that would have that would have saved Brandon Staley a little bit and be like, look, guys, you guys are all there. That was so rough. Like these guys can overcome it, but we're still kind of feeling it. Instead of like, okay, then what's the answer, Brandon Staley? Why can't a team loaded with pro bowlers not buy a win early in this season? Jeff fucked up. He fucking pissed
1: off Brandon Staley. If I was Jeff, I would have, I would have like tried to lighten the mood. I would have been like, Brandon Staley, knock, knock. Who's there? Owen. Owen who? Owen too. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's what I would have tried to lighten the mood. You would have been, you would have been back there with like uh, a fake beard, the like, glasses nose mustache thing on with like a press hat being like hey yo Yo, yo, it's uh johnny soto from the uh los angeles times i have a question you stand up from the herald examiner (laughs) rip it off you just got a Raiders suit on oh Oh,
1: and two bitch you remember you remember uh, and in like the the mtv music awards one year when uh uh one of the guys from the beastie boys like went up and like he was like weird beard. He's like wearing a beard, and like a freaking
0: leader hosing and shit. He's
1: like, yeah, like Beastie Boys should have watched this. And you don't
0: remember that? No, ah. I, I didn't watch that shit. I was an adult before I was an adult. I had a little sister. She liked watching that shit. Point being Brandon Staley's one little lifeline, his one little ace up his sleeve. Was he had the media kissing his ass? Now that's gone. You don't, you don't media can be very petty at times. If you come down on one of their on one of their guys for a very fair question, I thought a very pertinent question. In fact, it could have been a lifeline for Brandon Staley. Like, yeah, that's why, you know, yeah, maybe it was a carryover from last season. Could certainly not my coaching. It's not me. Gotta be something else when it is your coaching. Brandon I think Staley. I think we
1: have a little bit of a difference of opinion on how fair that question was. I think that question was a little dickish, but he certainly didn't do himself any favors by how he answered it uh like you said the one of the big uh allies that he has is the media and he just pissed them all off so Mm -hmm. if he wants to know what like real media scrutiny is not just a question but like the theme of every single question he's going to get from now on he just he just uh lit the fire himself I thought it was entirely a fair question because I think that's what a lot of people. Yeah, are thinking. Again, right? we, we can disagree on that, but I, we can I, think, re- there's, I think there's so on, many
0: on, on how he answered it was was terrible. I think all five Charger fans are still kind of feeling it, right? Like, um, like imagine being a Charger fan and that's how your season ended. Just how nut crushing. You're like, oh, we're the Chargers. We always like we're on our way there, and then our kicker gets hurt. We're on our way there, and we just get bitched out of the playoffs like we're so close we're so talented we just can't get through and then this is how it ends again in something that you can blame a lot of coaching on like sometimes a, a kicker misses a kick how much blame can you give the coach right a quarterback gets hurt how much blame can you give the coach you blow an almost four touchdown lead you can put a lot of that on the coach and I think that's I think it's like an entirely fair question we'll, we'll agree to disagree um staying in the afc west i think travis kelsey and taylor swift are doing the horizontal polka are they you didn't hear those rumors the rumors are swirling I and travis really kelsey and taylor swift are, are seeing each other travis kelsey's brother jason was asked about it and he kind of made a joke he's just he's like oh yeah definitely everything you t- everything you hear is true but he's just kind of like you know he's like and he kind of like said no i'm joking well, that's the rumor that the tight end in Kansas City and the biggest rock star on planet Earth—that tour she did, dude. She's set for three, five lifetimes. That's like, the, like the money that tour made is like the gross domestic product of this continent of Africa. Like it was insane. Like she was, she would sell out stadiums three nights in a row. Dude, that's like eight hundred dollar tickets, dude. And she, three, if you sell out one basketball arena you are an A-list act. If you, if, you, you know, if you sell out the Honda Center in Anaheim or what was the Staples Center in LA, you sell out one time, 20,000 tickets one time, you're like, wow, you are an A-list, you're crushing it. If you're selling out 80, 90, 100,000 people stadiums three days in a row, that's Rolling Stones. That's Beatles. That's, that's insane.
1: That's like you two in Europe at their peak, just like fucking hundred and fifty thousand people soccer stadiums, dude. That's what they. That, that's what that is.
0: Yeah. Even then, I don't even know if they were doing three nights in a row. Like yeah, this yeah, is dude. like it, it's 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 un it's potentially unprecedented. Who do you think? Who do you think she is? Bruce Springsteen or what? Bruce wishes. Right. Bruce wishes. But then, randomly the dude who had a dating show and plays like one of the least sexy positions in football. That's who she's talking to. I guess the uh, friendship bracelet worked. I hope that it's one of those things where it's like Kelsey's like totally her bitch because she's clearly in, she's clearly the alpha in that relationship. He just starts like turns into putty in her hands, does whatever she says. She's like, Oh, sorry, Patrick. I can't, uh, I can't make film study. I have to make Taylor Swift breakfast. It's a rule. I hope either that happens or um, he cheats on her and he just, and she just makes albums, albums about being cheated on by some tight end from Missouri. Dude, can, can she, she must have the weak fucking neck game or
1: just weak freaking like snatch game, bro? Because what's that,
0: what's that mean? Taylor Swift has 800 songs about breaking up and not one song about blowjobs. Kind of makes it. Yeah, think. man.
1: She got some weak neck game
0: because She's cute. She's freaking talented.
1: She knows a lot of freak. She knows everybody. All the famous people. She's got money just dripping out, out of and everywhere. She seems sane.
0: She, she seems like
1: keep woman. a man. Yeah. I don't get it. Honestly, I don't get it. Maybe, you know, on it. Look, I have family members. I'm not gonna say who it is. I'm not even gonna make fun of it. But I got family members who are they're they're very good looking girls and they're successful and they're smart and they pick the biggest pieces of shit to date and i'm thinking to myself what the fuck is going on here maybe
0: that's what she's doing who knows it's probably that abusive relationship with their brother they're just like oh this is what i gotta do Not my cousins my other cousin oh i thought it was your sisters no, no. my
1: cousin dude my your cousins
0: sister. oh no she my sister my, my, my sister's freaking dude is chill I would prefer Travis Kelsey date like an, like an insane artist, like Lindsay Lohan or like Cardi B or something. Like I want to see him on TMZ. Imagine Kelsey and Cardi B. Yeah. Like have you seen the uh, the Johnny Football documentary yet on Netflix? I've seen some of it. It's awesome. Watch the whole thing. I want him like that. I want him, I want him with the iPad and it's like 0.0, 0 minutes of watching because he's just doing lines with Lindsay Lohan. Good for him. Whatever the Viper Room is these days. Uh, in some Raider news, we got an update on Chandler Jones. Oosh. According to Ian Rapapor sources, Raiders pass rusher Chandler Jones has been placed on the non-football illness list as he deals with a personal issue. The team has stood behind him and no one has ruled out a return if the situation improves. You can always tell the NFL writers because they'll tell you the most, like the general facts, right? The facts. And then they're always sugar-coated at the end. The team has stood behind him and no one is willing to return if his situation improves, right? Because they want to put lipstick on a pick, right? Because they want to maintain relationships with the agents and coaches and GMs and players. So anytime anything happens like this, they're always like, oh, yeah, he's out for the season. But he'll be back better than ever next season and is committed to the rehab process. You know what I'm saying? There's There's always that part of it at the end of it when it's the national media. We're so, not even get that. What is the non-football injury list, and what does it mean? Uh, so basically, it's a it's an injury or illness that occurred outside of team activities. If a player is on it during the season, he has to miss at least four games. So it's kind of like you know injured reserve a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, so he's out for at least the next four games. Most importantly, it frees up a roster spot, which every team doesn't want to waste roster spots on someone that's going AWOL and doing nothing but playing on Twitter.
1: Blackmailing you on Twitter. Exactly.
0: Now, the other part is you don't have to pay a player's base salary for the games that they miss. So we're like, oh, awesome. Chandler Jones is making so much money. We can save a little bit of that. Sorry. He's only only making $1.165 million of base salary of the 17 million he's due because he's already been paid that 17 mil when they restructured his cap so we're not saving any money we're not trading him for assets all we're doing the only win we got was we saved saved a mil and opened up a roster spot that's it rough that's the update that we have now this is now i have a couple questions okay you have to qualify for this designation. You have to have some sort of, I I don't know for sure if like a medical doctor has to fill out something for it, but I know you need a You can't just say like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to throw him the NFI. It's like, no, you need, you need documentation of some kind that proves that this guy is compromised with an illness or injury that didn't happen on the football field. I wonder what that is. Is it like he's diagnosed schizophrenic? Did they lie and Make something up? Did they just say he's hurt? Like, you can't just say, all right, it's really weird. Let's throw him on this list. You have to prove this. You have to prove something somehow. What is that proof?
1: It sucks, man. It's got to be some kind of mental episode. So, we've both, you know, been around the fight game for quite some time. Mm. And I've, I've known this to happen. I don't know if you've known this to happen. Probably. But... Sometimes I've noticed, or I I know of a couple of instances where the fighters that have been getting a little bit older feel like some type of psychotropic mood, you know, drug that they're taking. Like, let's say like a Xanax or something like that, right? As a prescribed that. Let's just say, for example, they feel like maybe they're losing a little bit of their edge as they get a little bit older, you know, like. You know, maybe they don't feel like they're getting old and like, you know, they're naturally just, you know, declining in, in ability. Mm-hmm. They feel like their their uh, mood drugs are causing them to lose an edge. So they stop taking them. And to deal with the repercussions of that, they start self-medicating, and that creates a huge spiral. There's a guy that we know, I don't know, I've met him before, I don't know if you've met him. Uh, last name rhymes with Schmiller. getting in
0: some trouble who that pretty much happened to uh jason mayhem miller was crazy before yeah and then this just kind of you know well he stopped
1: from what i hear i don't know exactly yes or no but from what i hear he kind of stopped you know really taking any type of you know prescribed drugs for what he was you know going through uh and he started self-medicating more than he did was before and it just didn't work out well yeah uh and that's just one example of it, maybe not to that extent, but it, it's I've seen it happen more than just that time, and that's what I thought. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I thought. Uh, I was I was having a, a conversation with our, our boy Sanjeet, and he's like, "Dude, that totally makes a lot of sense." And I told him, "Listen, man, I, I don't don't take it as Bible, but I've I've seen this happen with aging uh, athletes or in the fight game at least who have just stopped taking their their medication." Because they feel like they're losing an edge. I'm not saying this happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen,
0: but that's what I've seen happen. And it kind of falls in line with what we're seeing with Chandler Jones because this pretty much came out of nowhere. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, that's as good of a hypothesis as it exists. I mean, I haven't, they're all being so tight lipped. We know whatever's going on with Chandler Jones, he's still like got his phone and is still tweeting and is still out and about. Pictures of like Harry and Tubman, <laughs> right? Like that's what I'm saying. It's not like he's like drooling in a corner somewhere, right? The other part of this, too, is I think in something we've we've talked about before is, you know, how Antonio Brown. There was kind of whispers that he was kind of a wild card when he was with the Steelers. But Mike Tomlin company kept it all pretty much under wraps. We had no clue how just how insane Antonio Brown was until he went to the Raiders and he lost his mind. Right. Um, As much as I hate the Patriots, they run a really tight organization and Chandler Jones could have always been this crazy. At the Cardinals maybe the same case as well but not until he got here where it's just not an organization that's good at hiding the crazy did this all kind of come out he could have always been this way and it just came to a head here mm-hmm. your theory is certainly plausible as well there's of course that instance in 2016 where he was smoking spice and lost his mind and went to a again a, maybe a, 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 he stopped no, taking his medication and started self-medicating we getting, don't know back on spice again I mean who knows He's still tweeting and it's making less sense. So you talked about how he's basically Hey y'all, follow me on all my platforms. Love and peace. And he he, he like, deleted what? he deleted some. He deleted the ones talking about how Mark Davis is like um like pimping out players' wives, I was blackmailing Mark Davis. like he deleted got those molested ones. and shit. Like, what yeah, the fuck? Like, he deleted the like weird, like the weird heavy ones, but he kept the weird, lighthearted ones. Maybe free game until I play my AG story. That cereal eat it. It'll do you good. Don't even know what that means. Posted a screenshot of an Instagram story. I'm posting free game until I see Larry Fitzgerald. And then sorry, Johnny bones his UFC champion brother. Sorry, Johnny bones orders. Don't know what that means. Drake, just a picture of Drake. And then my favorite one, no context, no caption, just a shot of Harriet Tubman. <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> Maybe he wants to remind everyone about the Underground Railroad. Maybe he was reading a history book and thought really ins- that was very inspired by Harriet Tubman. I don't know. Is was September 19th, like a holiday I don't know about. Not that like I'm aware Underground of. Underground Railroad Day. I, I don't know. I don't Most know. Most likely scenario. He's just like, please, please tell me. Please tell me he's sane enough not to think like... Because he's talking about how I'm such a victim. Drake, Antonio Brown, Alden Smith. I know how you guys feel. We're all in the Kanye. same Kanye. Please tell me he's not like, I'm a hero like Harriet Tubman. Like, I'm a martyr. I'm a vessel for good. Just like one of the most inspiring female members of our American history. Did he, is that as please tell me that's not what he's alluding to.
1: I don't know, man. I, I, I Can't even tell you there's there's just so many different directions. You can go with that it's Hopefully with this designation this means that he has been checked out and he is receiving the uh, care that he needs mm-hmm. uh, But it's just it was just really weird from the very beginning I was kind of wondering why he wasn't practicing during training camp for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's it's just a weird situation. I don't know that we'll ever get the whole story about this. Probably some like peripheral player, like you know, just some like a fun like uh, picking a, a lighthearted funny guy uh, on the team uh, in like three AJ years. and like yeah, four AJ years, Cole yeah. will say something in like three years on like the Pat McAfee show. He's like, oh man. Chandler Jones, you want to know what really
0: happened with Chandler Jones? And he he spills it. He was jerking off in everyone's locker room and he wouldn't stop. So we had to get rid of him. Oh, okay. People were slipping and on everything. He was posting posters of Harriet Tubman over the urinals. It was freaking people out. Uh, Well, speaking of medical care that was properly received, some good news for Raider Nation. Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers both in practice on Wednesday. They were both in concussion protocol and we weren't You're always worried about concussions because you don't know how it's going to, you know, how it's all going to pan out. We were, we were, we were thinking, assuming that they would be back. No problem in time for the Steelers Sunday night. Uh, And it seems like they are injury situation. Pretty good. Devontae Adams full practice. Um, Jacoby Myers limited with a concussion. Uh, A couple other rookies and younger guys limited, but other than Tyree Wilson, who had an illness. So that's think you think most likely he'll be back. Not terrible injury trouble. Heading home, heading for our, our home opener against the Steelers. Yeah, we've seen them play better. <laughs> <laughs> the the Steelers—they got—they got, team they got team eight team guys team that didn't participate on uh, in practice. Yeah, mo- most of those guys
1: are, are are veterans. They're just taking a day off. Yeah, yeah.
0: And also, it's a Monday night game, right? So there's kind of like, "Look, I'm I mean, so, so, yeah, we traveled." We, yeah, we or excuse me, Sunday night, right? Well, well no, their last game was Monday night game. The last game was in Monday night game. So like they traveled Tuesday, and they're like, look, I'm gonna take Wednesday off. I'm a veteran, blah blah blah.
1: blah. Hit a hard Thursday, Friday travel Saturday. Good to go. Yeah, on.
0: it's one of those things, I imagine. Uh, so we had such a monster show. We didn't get again to the uh, the preview of Raiders versus Steelers. Raiders minus two and a half point favorites in prime time on Sunday night football. This could, I mean, as bad as. The team's been playing, and as bad as we look against the Bills, there are elements here for a pretty nice little comeback. The Steelers' offense is so bad, so atrocious. And some of our strengths play pretty well to their strengths. right? We talk about how Illuminor hasn't given up one pressure. Him versus T.J. Watt, I don't expect him to shut down one of the best defensive players in football, if not the best. But at least it's like strength versus strength. There's a couple things. There's a couple things that make this lean like, okay. The biggest one is they played a super physical game that was almost four hours long on Monday night on the other side of the continent. So we already had that going for us. So uh, we, I promise, I lied to you last week. I promise this week we will do a preview show on YouTube. Um, keep an eye out for it. Uh, ready to do some wet up win Yes, sir. Shima Utah 86. Hey guys, it look like McDaniels has only one game plan going into games and makes zero adjustments in the second half. Also thoughts on Patrick Graham. Now in the booth, I personally think coaches need to be on the sidelines, of the players, so they can give specific orders during crucial moments in the game.
1: Okay. So two things. I don't know that McDaniels has one game plan. The second half of the Denver game, he did change up the game plan quite a bit. Uh, by using a lot more motion that he didn't really use in the first half mm-hmm. to get favorable matchups. Uh, so that so that's one instance. Last game, there was just not a lot of execution going on when you're when your interior offensive line can't block whatsoever, uh, and uh it's, you it makes you one-dimensional, it's really hard to move the ball. Uh, and when you do have open players, your quarterback doesn't you know. I'm it tempted.
0: It's it's. I'm tempted to say that McDaniel's has a really great, um, like scripted start, right? Because the first drive was so good against the Bills. It was beautiful. It was like we were all, you know, all throwing each other. Play. It was like, like yeah, yeah. Other than we that, like, was, five plays and the first play was negative four yards. It was beautiful. It was beautiful that drive. It was just, and then we had a three and out the next drive. Like it was just started out tits. So I'm almost like, oh man, his scripted plays are great. But then you'd think like his second half scripted plays would be kind of the same, right? You'd have a script for the second half. And the first drive of the Broncos game wasn't great either. So it's like, it's not that. He doesn't even do a better job. He
1: doesn't even do a better job of making sure that he can open up the opposing defense with the passing game. Because if he can't do that, we're not going to be able to run the ball. It's just that simple. If his, if, if the passing attack with Jimmy Garoppolo can't uh, threaten the d- opposing defense, uh, not even deep, but it's just for, for chunk plays,
0: they're just going to be loading the box. What, we're ho- what Raider Nation should be hoping is that the offense that Josh McDaniels has now is different enough that from what... Uh, Jimmy G-string was used to in New England, that it's a learning curve thing and not Jimmy G just can't do it, right? Because remember, he was, he was with the Niners four seasons? Five, five years, five seasons, right? So that's a half a decade, man. That's a long time to be away from a specific playbook. So one, honestly, I think it's one of two things. Either Jimmy G is just not the quarterback that Josh McDaniels needs and wanted, and we've kind of learned that Josh McDaniels needs his guys. He's not really the most flexible play caller. Or the learning curve is still a little behind for Jimmy G who remember was still not fully recovered during the preseason, right? Who's was still in the building, but not quite the big of participant because he was still recovering fingers crossed. That's what it is. Is that just the playbook? He just hasn't absorbed yet because he's been away from it for half a decade. Uh, Patrick Graham in the booth. I've never, as like a radio host and analyst, I want to have a strong opinion on, defensive coordinators in the booth or on the field. There's advantages to both disadvantages to both with Patrick Graham specifically. Cause he's less of a raw raw coach. I think being in the booth isn't as big of a deal. If you get a better eye for everything, you have, you know, your laptop and all your assistants around and everything's simple and easy. You've got your headset. No big deal. If he was a raw, raw, like motivational defensive coach, I can see that being an issue, but I don't, I don't know. Where are you, Soto?
1: Most of the instruction to those players are going to come from their position coaches. Mm-hmm. That's, what most, that's where you get most of your instruction from. So that's like the, the the lower level stuff, right? The very like minutia, like you're not doing this, you're not doing anything to that. The yep. big, you know, penthouse view stuff, that's not a problem with him being in the booth. Because he's going to have um, uh, Rob, was it Rob Ryan? Yeah, Rob mm-hmm. Ryan behind him as an assistant a second Skinny. eye looking at things. Uh, it it can't hurt. Again, because he's not going up to a guy specifically and saying, you're doing this wrong in your technique, or you played this wrong here. That's what the position coaches are for.
0: And he can uh, always just say, hey, pick up the red phone to any player at any time. Like he, can, he can talk to any player he wants. I do understand you are missing the face-to-face element that can mean something. It just doesn't feel like Patrick Graham. He's... He's an Ivy leaguer. Like He's let him be up with guy, the nerds. Man. He needs Pinty. to be
1: able to, to, I think yeah. he just needs to be able to get a better scope
0: of what's going on. So he can call a better game. He needs to be up in the nerdery with his calculator. That's fine with me, man. What movie is that from? Let us know. I'm gonna say. Easy. W Ray, two real W six, nine, seven real creative names today. You can't expect superstar carry a team play. Okay. Oh, comma. You can't expect superstar carry-a-team play from a running back that is not paid like that. You get what you pay for. This is not Chandler Jones' situation. Motherfucker. Josh Jacobs is the third-highest-paid running back in football. (laughs) Like, the third-highest-paid running back in football. I hate to say it, man. The second or first most, then we can expect him to play hard? What? I don't want to think
1: that I was right about one of the issues signing Josh Jacobs to a big contract, which was when he had something to prove, he played hard. When he didn't have anything to prove and he had guaranteed money, his play dropped off every single year. So his rookie season, balled out. His second year, not as good as the first. His third year, not as good as the second. Then he had something to prove his fourth year because his fifth-year option wasn't picked up, and he balled out. And he gets a guaranteed money. He gets big money. And that's, that's great. Now, we, we have seen the offensive line not perform that well.
0: Uh, but again, a lot of things.
1: And he's out You got Saquon Barkley
0: get hurt. You got m- Nick missing, Chubb get hurt. Missing in how bad our run game is, he has been really good at the backfield. Like five catches in the for ball, like yeah. 50 yards or something. So it's like, again, one. I don't think it's his effort. I don't think it's effort. It's everything else around him. Um, Missing some, missing the preseason, that does matter, right? It I'm does. not saying he came in like, out of, it does, there's a reason why everyone else does it. There's a reason why coaches want you to be there because it helps and it matters. And he wasn't there and it matters. But this idea that, oh, if you pay a guy more, you'll get the extra umph exactly as much. Like if I pay you 20% more, you'll get 20% more effort. One, that's bullshit. Two, don't forget how Josh Jacobs got paid. He got paid out of goodwill and nothing else. The franchise tag is very clear. 10.1 million for a running back. That's it. You have no leverage. You have no negotiation. You can't sign a long-term deal. None of that. None of that. He was given an extra one and eight or whatever million dollars for no reason other than goodwill, which is counts as a fail by our GM that we just, you know, it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but you gave him money. Didn't have to you had all the leverage in the world. You held every card in the deck. You're like, all right, here's an extra 1.7 mil. If anything, if anything that 1.7 million did was by goodwill. It's like, Hey, Josh, we love you. We don't have to pay you this, but we will because you're the man. Let's get you suited up. Let's get to work. If any running back, if any player on the Raiders should be like, man, They gave me money; they didn't have to. I should give more effort. It's Josh fucking Jacobs. It's not an effort thing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not that he's not being paid enough. I think, if anything, we've seen it happen the other way: is after players do get the huge contract, they start pressing
0: and they don't play as well Mm -hmm. initially, at least. Because he's still on a one-year deal, right? So he's still on a prove it. He still has to prove it again. right if he wants you know any and more who's money next season guys getting hurt is not doing him any favors yeah uh, derek passanté 1828 how many years does it take to fix the problems we have on defense well it's been 22 21 since 2002 it's been 21 years since we've had an above average defense it's been over 10 years since we've had a defense better than 20th i hope it's not another 20 God, I hope not. I think it's going to take, and the trend of, of, you know, maybe I'm thinking way ahead of time and too negative, but, like, the trend of hiring, like, offensive gurus as head coaches has kind of, like, been the thing. We just haven't focused on it. We just haven't focused on a great, you know, fan we could have picked up Fangio. We could have picked up like, all, you know, pretty good defensive minds throughout the course of the last 10, 15 years. Like, Make a real commitment to a strong defensive mind. Give him the tools that he needs. I haven't done it in twenty years. I haven't done it. Like let's just let's just list the, the last like the twenty years of our defensive coordinators. Ken Norton. Who was the who was the, during Patrick Calgary, Graham Gus Ken Bradley Orton? Paul Gunther, dude. Our defense is like Paul Gunther numbers in a lot of ways. Bad. So bad it's been. Ken Norton Jr., Jason Tarver, Chuck Bresnahan. Chuck was pretty good. Bresnahan, Bresnahan wasn't bad. But since then, has anyone... And the has thing any, is... Any offensive coordinator on anything to wow you? No. It's not like we haven't tried
1: to use draft capital to bolster the defense we've been just been taking massive whiffs like dj hayden gary and conley freaking J- J- jonathan abram damon arnett Clayton farrell like we we've, we've we've had some massive whiffs in the first round defensively
0: and and that's also kind of- McLean. like what the yeah. fuck well that and that and that rolls into like what comes first the chicken or the egg like are all those players, all the defensive players you've been drafting all really that awful or have like, like just schematically, like, are they all Mark Madsen's or are they all just going into a schematically a black hole? Well, like they black
1: haven't black gone black black anywhere else to lit the world on fire either. So
0: yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's guys, there's plenty of guys that have played, that played defense with us terrible and played better elsewhere. Recently, Unique ngakwe has got the only sack on the Bears. Um, who is that uh, Colts cornerback? Why am I blanking? Rocky Sine. He's having a really good season. I mean, it's only two games. With the Ravens, he's right? Ravens. He's playing well. Like, there's guys that have. Been... Basically, it's rare that someone plays really well on the Raiders and worse elsewhere. It's almost always the other way around. Not that, not that, not that DJ Hayden was going to be something special, right? Not that Damon Arnett. Was going to be something special.
1: Hey, don't talk about Damon. i He's going to shoot you. Right.
0: Not behind bars. He won't. All right. That's it for us. Uh, Like I said, we, we will. And I promise I, I don't lie to you guys. I only lie to girls. Um, We will be doing a pre-show for the Steelers. We'll probably do it Saturday morning live on YouTube. Come join us. Come join the party. And uh, we'll keep you up to date. Anything new happens with Chandler Jones, anything new that happens injury wise. Um, Stay close. Enjoy the ride. We do have swag out. We've got um, a Farva t-shirt out. I think you'll like. Jimmy G-string t-shirt. I think you guys will like. The store's right down there, right below. Take a gander. If you're just kind of a classic OG type guy and you just want the Autumn Windbags logo on a hoodie or a coffee mug, also an option.
1: Yeah, guys, if you ever wanted to to know how to support us uh, to help us help make give you a better product that's a great way to do it is just to you know check out some of the swag that we got if you like anything that we got down
0: there go ahead and give it give, give it a give it a whirl see what you think if you're trying to turn your girl on just get a t-shirt with soto's face on it and just wear it around the house damn yeah, it can only make you look
1: better <laughs>
0: <laughs> until then knock on wood if you're with me